Oh, cool, give me it. A bonjour, s'il vous plaît. Oh, oui, oui, merci. Hey, oui, oui, also. We're supposed to sound like we're from outer space. Not Paris! <laughs> And welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, how are we doing tonight? I am liking recording on Wednesdays less and less as the year progresses. We can change the Monday any day you want. You're always busy on Mondays, though. Yeah, Mondays are... The past couple months I've been busy. We'll we'll talk about re... Uh, vibing the schedule here at the haunting hour um it's just the midweek lull you know it's like ah it just (laughs) i guess my gym schedule doesn't line up really well with this so this was my normal shoulder day and i was seeing some hella development in the old boulders but here i am looking like a sad little 12 year old girl because i missed shoulders for the past four weeks the olympia is coming up that's all i gotta say about it the olympia is coming up so you gotta start training for that brother what does chris bum said say all the time don't, uh, what is up YouTube? YouTube. Don't be a skinny bitch. That's what he says. That's exactly. And I feel like a skinny bitch. (laughs) Um, so that's for all of our power lifters and, or, uh, bodybuilders out there. Um, also Ty, speaking of recording, we should start recording on Saturday afternoons. How do you think about that? Absolutely not. One, why not? That's not Saturday afternoon. Sounds fucking sweet. Two things would happen. One, I would get way too drunk too early Mm -hmm. and then I would just hit that wall and not do anything Saturday night. And two, I feel like Saturdays are booked for you and I for a very long time. I think a Sunday evening Ooh, you might have nailed that one. Would be sick and then we could just go to the bar for a couple drinks. Hey, I'm in. Say less. Or we get our Mondays Remember when we used to do Mondays six or seven like months ago when we would record on Mondays and then we would go out to our favorite bar and watch Monday Night Raw. That was because that was the day when I was out at two o'clock. I could hit the gym hard, come home, shower, get everything ready, do the podcast, and then go out. Yeah, let's, let's get back to that. Okay, we'll talk. <laughs> well, we can do that. You know, you and I. We don't have to talk on the air about this. Shit. Because tonight we have one of the big five, and I really want to get into the topic. So we have some housekeeping, I'm sure, to do, and we have some stuff we want to talk to you guys about. Some stuff we've watched recently that we want to. Um, just give our two cents about horror related, obviously. And then we'll get into one of our big five topics. Uh, I think it's actually our second to last big five. So it's it's a big night here at the Haunting Hour. And this episode is going to be kicking off our Halloween series here at the Haunting Hour. Um, so we're going to bring you guys an episode every single week leading up to Halloween, including two after hour specials, because we have been getting a lot of love on the last after hours episode that we posted, Ty. Have we really? I knew that was our hidden gem. I knew it. I'm kind of like you. I listen to one episode every now and again, just to make sure I don't sound like a complete moron. Which you do. (laughs) Yeah, which mostly I do. Um, But I listened to that on my way home from work like two days ago. And I was laughing at even myself, and I was like, I just talk. That's, I, I just, just talk, talk because talk. that's literally what I do. 
And I love that you can tell that we were kind of uh, inebriated. A little bit, yeah, three sheets into the wind. So I'm glad people enjoyed that. Yes. But so tonight's going to be kicking off our Halloween series here at The Haunting Hour. But let's dive into it here, Ty, because me personally, I'm behind the eight ball probably 12 months or so. But I just finished Chucky, the series on USA that came out last year, um, TV series. And let me tell you, holy sh was this series unbelievable. I was skeptical coming in because Chucky, not my favorite horror villain. I know he's one of the cult classics, if you will. But this series portrays him so well. It ties so well into the original movies. Um, two thumbs way up on my end. And I just got to tell anybody who is interested in like a good slasher TV series that you're looking to watch heading into Halloween this year. Chucky's probably going to be your number one. It is streaming now on Peacock. You can watch the entire first season on Peacock. And then season two is premiering October on USA. It's so funny because you and I, we went back and forth for months about how we needed to start Chucky because of the singular reason that it got insane reviews. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. And for a horror series, that's like unheard of. The trailer didn't sell me. I'm like you, Chucky... I, I like I love Chucky as like a serial killer in a doll mm-hmm. and I love how um like abrasive he can be. But I just never really found him super scary. He's not scary. He's kinda like Freddy Krueger, what we talked about if you heard the eighties horror um after hour special. Chucky's very blunt and very sarcastic and very much a douchebag, which makes him funny. And this series portrays an amazing version of that. And he swears probably every other word that comes out of his mouth. And let me tell you, USA gets away with some shit in this show. <laughs> After hours. Oh my God. I was just sitting there like crying in tears because it was so funny. I um, feel like he's like um, Billy Butcher as a doll. Like he just exactly he doesn't give a shit about anyone and he just says the word all the time. And make sure you bleep <laughs> that out, please. That's going to be bleeped out. If you guys um, don't know what that was, it starts with a and ends with a That's sweet though. I, I want to, I'll definitely check it out. And it got renewed. There's so many things coming out that first weekend of October this year. Not to mention Hocus Pocus 2 comes out this week that we're recording. That comes out September 30th, streaming on Disney+. Plus. I know we're all going to want to see that bad boy. So just buckle up. We got a lot of fun stuff heading our way if you are a horror fan in the horror community. So you told me that you watched a movie recently called Barbarian. Yep. Still trying to scrub that clean from my mind to tell you the truth. (laughs) And I don't want you to give anything away. Because I really want to watch it. Um, but just tell everyone what you thought about the movie and then why you thought it was so good. I think it's a, from the trailer, I thought it was a really great 2022 movie idea. People sharing an Airbnb that was double booked or whatever. That's super smart. Super relevant too. Yeah, exactly. Talk about something that would happen to anybody with bad luck nowadays. Yes, precisely. Um, and you said that you loved it, so. Probably one of the best original horror movies I've seen and five ten years maybe it's just very very well done i won't give anything away but what tyler said it's like an airbnb gets double booked and you don't know like who the bad guy is in it it builds some like really really good tension and you're like ooh, this person's bad now this person's good you don't really know um but as the movie progresses it turns into like a holy get out of the area that you're in So the one question, and please don't go into it, but is it more like don't breathe or is it more like 
insidious. It is very, very much insidious. Awesome. Okay. If insidious turned up the gas like a hundred percent. I was worried it would it was just gonna be another serial killer, someone in the basement, uh like movie. Nope. So as I was telling Tyler the other day, actually, I was like, Ty, this is a movie you will love because you just love a good monster. You love a good monster, oh, you love a good right. scare. And that's all this movie is. So if anybody's looked at the IMDB page, you know, and spoiler, if you don't want to hear this, it's just an actor who's in the movie. Justin Long is in this movie. And Justin Long is portrayed as one of the worst horror movie, like, patrons of all time because he gets the worst roles. If you ever seen Tusk, you know what I'm talking about. Drag um, Me to Hell. It, drag Me to Hell, yes. Jeepers Creepers, he was good in, in my opinion. Loved him. Because the movie was good. Yes. That's also coming up pretty soon. But there's like a halfway point between this movie where Justin Long comes into the film. And let me tell you, the dude hits an absolute f***ing home run. He steals the show. If you like just a good horror movie where you're going to be entertained for an hour and 45 minutes, this is top tier. I was wondering why he was on like uh, on Instagram and Facebook. There was like a thing going around like Justin Long gets the worst roles. And there was a fourth square that I didn't know or I didn't realize the movie. So one square was Jeepers Creepers. One was Drag Me to Hell. One was Tusk. And this... Barbarian was four. Must, must have been four. So mm-hmm. he, something bad must happen to him. <laughs> um, but I was like, why is he relevant right now? He was like, his last good movie was like 2016. Oh, he does such a good job. You're gonna, you'll fucking love him in the movie. Trust me. I also realized that when I say horror, it sounds like horror. I oh, just did it. You don't say horror. No, I, I think I, when I was listening to the after hours, it might've been cause I was slurring, but I have to enunciate horror. I love me a good horror movie though. A good what? A horror movie. <laughs> a good what? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, BustyAsianBeauties.com. That's a Dean Winchester special right there. Premium membership. All right, we've gone 20 minutes and we haven't even talked about our topic yet. We have got to get into this. This, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if you guys, the cold open. Um, I know we had a couple of them the past few episodes. I like them, dude. We've been uh, zesting them up a little bit. But if you guys have listened to the cold open, it is a quote from probably the best Nickelodeon show of all time, Drake and Josh. Second but best. What's the first? No, not human, but still on Nickelodeon. SpongeBob SquarePants. There we go. Second best. But that is a quote from Drake and Josh from the Alien episode. That is so freaking good and actually pretty scary. If you guys couldn't tell tonight, we are talking all about aliens. UFOs, encounters of the first, second, third, fourth kind. So aliens is a topic that Ryan and I, when we sat down and we were like, hey, we want to do a horror, horror podcast. Aliens should be an episode where it's during the late summer. So we got that. And it's an episode where we don't go into a ton of stuff because you could literally do 600 hours on alien encounters on different projects that try to identify aliens area 51 area 51 which i don't even talk about here yeah this could very well be which we've never done in our podcast history but this could be a part one part two part three episode if you wanted it to be and you know what i really hate that i i don't like when people do part ones and part twos unless it's an audiobook but i don't ever want to do that yeah i think the only episode of a podcast that i enjoyed was part one and part two of uh roanoke the lost colony you can do the first part about history about Roanoke and then the second part about why the f*** the people disappeared. But I feel like I would only listen to the second part. 
I hate history. Yeah, that's Quinn's true. gonna <laughs> Quinn's gonna kill me. But yeah, it's just not my. Although we're gonna go into some today, but um, that's why I don't like part ones, part twos. I think if you dive too deep into a topic, it becomes less relevant and scary, and it becomes like stale. You're like, okay, I'm. F- yeah i'm like i'm listening to roanoke still and it's on hour six (laughs) what else can you talk about exactly though it is a cool story croatoan on the tree that's cool no but tonight we're gonna talk about just aliens so we're gonna talk about when the first alien sighting was the different projects that occurred on u.s soil up until the uh crazy release in april of 2022 uh, this year where they released like 2,000 documents on UFOs, the U.S. government did. And then we'll talk a little bit about some different like eyewitness accounts, and Ryan and I can talk about our own encounters. Because they're pretty sick. So this is one of the only topics I think Ryan and I both are on the same page about. So we both 100% believe in aliens, extraterrestrials, life outside of our solar system. So to understand how we feel about aliens today, we have to go back to the 1940s. So this was the first official uh, documented sighting, if you will, of an alien, of a UFO, from a United States individual. For some reason, this seems late, in my opinion. Documented. Okay. Like an actual official... Gotcha. uh, Like uh, an incident that occurred where the U.S. government actually took it seriously. So I'm sure a lot of that happened because of World War II, post-World War II era. And I think for the most part, the first project where they started to look into aliens was a, uh, this could be very detrimental to the U.S. We should look into this even if we don't believe it. Because it could have been something like the Nazi bell, which we covered, that gave the Nazis uh, anti-gravity powers. 100%. So what was released, a little uh, snippet in April, it said the U.S. government were working on invisibility cloaks. Oh, April of this year. 2022. Okay. That's very so, Nazi Bell-esque. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a supernatural, <laughs> but also a, uh, a material thing combined. So the first official documented report of a flying saucer over the United States came on June 24th, 1947, when Kenneth Arnold, a private pilot, and a reputable businessman, while looking for a downed plane, sighted nine disc-shaped objects near Mount Rainier, Washington. He said that they were traveling at an estimated speed of over 1,000 miles an hour. So Arnold's report was followed by a flood of additional sightings, including reports from both military and civilian pilots and air traffic controllers all over the U.S. In 1948, Air Force General Nathan Twing, head of the Air Technical Service Command, established what was called Project Sign, initially named Project Saucer, and this project was uh, created to collect, collate, evaluate, and distribute within the government all information relating to such sightings on the premise that UFOs might be real and a national security concern or threat. This guy, this this, uh, pilot, whoever he was, was so reputable that the U.S. government started to look into the thousands of sightings of UFOs over the U.S. in the ni- in the late 1940s. And so they actually developed this project sign, which the only task was to actually collect evidence of UFOs, of aliens. The Technical Intelligence Division of the Air Material Command in Dayton, Ohio, assumed control of Project Sign in 1948. 
Although at first fearful that the objects might be Soviet secret weapons, the Air Force soon concluded that UFOs were real, but easily explained and not extraordinary. The Air Force report found that almost all sightings stem from one of three causes. Mass hysteria, hoax, or misinterpretation of known objects. Nevertheless, the report recommended continued military intelligence control over the investigation of all sightings and did not rule out the possibility of extraterrestrials. So why are you telling me it's going to be one of three things? I think they're doing what they always do. They give the public some knowledge, but I think they had enough credible evidence where they realized that UFOs were actually a threat to the United States. So it's like, hey, it was a training exercise. Everybody calm down. But then like behind closed doors. Okay, something's happening here. Which is why this actual project continued for another 5-10 years. So amid mounting UFO sightings, the Air Force continued to collect and evaluate UFO data in the late 1940s and early 1950s under a new project which was called Project Grudge. This project uh, tried to alleviate public anxiety over UFOs via a public relations campaign designed to persuade the public that UFOs consisted of nothing unusual or extraordinary. Likely story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all a conspiracy. (laughs) So UFO sightings were explained as balloons, conventional aircraft, planets, meteors, or solar reflections. Grudge officials found no evidence in UFO sightings of advanced foreign weapons designed or developed, and they concluded that UFOs did not threaten U.S. security. They recommended that the project be reduced in scope because the very existence of Air Force official interest encouraged people to believe in UFOs and contributed to a quote-unquote war hysteria atmosphere. On December 27, 1950, the Air Force announced the project's termination. So there was one more project between those two and the one that we're going to talk about that's relevant to us in 2007, and that was called uh, Project Blue Book, and that was the one that I think most people have heard of. With increased Cold War tensions, the Korean War, and continued UFO sightings, USAF Director of Intelligence Major General Charles P. Campbell ordered a new UFO project in 1952. Project Blue Book became the major Air Force effort to study the UFO phenomenon throughout the 1950s into almost the 1970s. The task of identifying and explaining UFOs continued to fall on the Air Material Command at Wright-Patterson. With a small staff, the Air Technical Intelligence Center tried to persuade the public that UFOs were not extraordinary. Projects Sign, Grudge, and Blue Book set the tone for the official U.S. government position regarding UFOs for the next 30 to 40 years. So in essence, the U.S. government were taking UFOs seriously, but they also hounded on the fact that they did not think that it was a national threat and that most occurrences or most incidents were like some other type of thing that could literally be taken as a ufo but it wasn't right the 80s and 90s were pretty quiet as far as u.s government projects go we didn't really hear much about the government's stance on ufos or aliens or extraterrestrials or whatever up until most recently 2017 so in 2017 Several news organizations revealed the existence of the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, also known as the AATIP, a U.S. government-funded program that investigated unidentified flying objects between 2007 and 2012. 
So the public realized that this was an actual legitimate program when former program director Luis Elizondo resigned from the Pentagon in 2017 and released the now infamous videos that are on YouTube of unidentified aircraft moving in seemingly impossible ways. Shortly after the AATIP's existence was revealed, the U.S. outpost of the British tabloid The Sun filed an FOIA request for any and all documents related to the program to be actually sent to the public. Five years later, on April 5, 2022, the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency honored their request and released 1,600 pages of materials to the public. Confirming sightings of UAFs and or UFOs? They had everything. They have sightings, they have experiments, they have things like um, what UFOs actually do to people post being exposed to them, like radiation. So they had a ton of stuff that is now public, and anyone can go and read up on this. Did they have anything, because I've never done it yet, anything about like encounters of the first, second, third, or like actual abductions of people? They do, and I will go into, right after this, um, there was a, a an actual interview with Luis, who was the former program director, and he talks about the different encounters. They're a little bit different than what people are used to, I think, first, uh, second, third, and fourth kind, but they call it like CE1. Um, we'll get into that. Can I make my two cents here because this is a perfect jumping off point for this? Yeah. If there was ever a time for the U.S. government to release these documents where people wouldn't go into an absolute frenzy, it's during the COVID-19 pandemic or the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was still rocking and rolling earlier this year. That's all people were kind of worried about. Much like we were only worried about Ukraine going to war with Russia. And I think that this was a prime time for the U.S. government to be like, okay, if we're ever going to release these documents where it's not going to cause an absolute panic to people, let's do it right now. COVID-19 and the war going on. If that got released during a time where nothing else was happening, people would lose their f***ing minds, in my opinion. It reminds me of a quote from uh, the original Men in Black. And um, Tommy Lee Jones says, or uh, Will Smith asks him, like, why this information is not public knowledge. And Tommy Lee Jones says something like, the individual person is well-informed, calm, and composed. People, on the other hand, are hysteric, crazy. Wild. Like, Wild. Yeah, yep. it's it's the perfect uh, summation of like why the, the government won't tell everyone that, hey, aliens are real. The fact that the, the paper, The Sun, in 2017, when this became knowledge, they used the Freedom uh, of Information Act. It was should be public knowledge. It had to be public yeah. knowledge. And then it took four and a half, almost five years for the U.S. government to release what they released. Do you think they released it because this was like all the shit was going on in the world? They knew it was going to be a little dumbed down for everybody. Well, they had to release it. Why'd they wait five years? I don't, I'm thinking they've sifted through most of their stuff and they picked the stuff that wasn't, um, that crazy. That wasn't like, hey, people's brains are going to explode if they hear this. Oh, but I love this. But listen to what the, the database of documents, that 1,600 pages that were released allegedly was comprised of. So the database of documents includes more than uh, 1,600 pages of UFO-related material from the Advanced Aerospace Threat ID program. It is said that the documents include reports uh, on the biological effects of UFO sightings on humans, 
studies on advanced technologies such as invisibility cloaks, which is what we mentioned earlier, and plans for deep space exploration and colonization. Different parts of the document were withheld in part for privacy and confidentiality concerns. There were also different reports about people actually uh, encountering extraterrestrials, encountering uh, space tech, whatever it is, and how they reacted years later. So they had documents from like 1890 up to 1990-something. Really? That long? That long, so, which is telling me that the U.S. Way government before was 1940. way more interested. Um, but there were, there were almost 350 unpublished cases where humans sustained injuries or death after alleged encounters with anomalies that were quote-unquote extraterrestrial. Say that again, how many? Over 340. That's substantial. I know we have a lot of people in the world, but 340 could have died or had like really bad injuries. It's a significant, I think it's a significant amount. Oh my God. That's like walking. If you were one of the original people to walk into Chernobyl and then so many years later, you found out that you had cancer because of the radiation that was still there. Yeah. Which no one really knew about. Exactly. If you got like an alien spaceship decided to pinpoint you and they like say their ship ran solely on radioactive power. Or some type of elemental something you can't explain. Yeah, that yep. it was a different form of the element, and you ended up dying and/or going into really, really bad sickness x amount of years later. This is stuff we should know. So, in some of those cases, humans showed uh, burn injuries or other different conditions related to electromagnetic radiation, and some of them appeared to have been inflicted by quote energy-related propulsion systems end quote. The report also notes cases of brain damage, nerve damage, uh, heart palpitations, and headaches related to anomalous vehicle encounters and anomalous extraterrestrial encounters. So are we talking more or less at this point in alien spacecrafts flying over you that causes this type of damage? Yes and no. So I read like an interview that mm-hmm. this uh, this guy, Luis, the whistleblower, had with, uh, I think it was GQ. It was a, a high-end magazine, but he said that a lot of the pilots that complained about things like burns, things like a time loss, they didn't necessarily know that they were interacting with a UFO, a vehicle, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I remember reading one where a pilot complained that he lost like two or three minutes of time, but when he looked at his fuel gauge, it was almost empty. What Luis said is that he actually went through a time rift, which Luis, the guy who was a program director, says are real things. So he says that even though the time oh, was wrong. Oh, he thought it was like three minutes, but it was actually probably it, like three and a half hours. Exactly. That's why his fuel went from whatever it was at over half a tank that he said it was at to almost zero. Mm-hmm. And he had to call in, a, in a, like an ER um, AC-130 to come fuel him up because he was over the ocean. And I feel like that would be the point for me if I was a pilot where – you would second guess yourself the whole time, be like, "Okay, that didn't happen. There was like a weird time slip." But then you looked at your fuel, fuel gauge, gauge, and you're like, "A material I thing, th- yeah." And you're like, "I thought that was three minutes. This, I knew we had enough fuel for what four and a half hours for this flight." Additionally, in that cache of documents that were released in April, were the different encounters, the quote unquote encounters. So everyone says encounters of the first, second, third, and fourth kind, which is what we talked about. They are actually classified as close or experienced encounters and they are ce1 ce2 ce4 and ce5 
So CE1 includes when a UFO comes within 150 meters of a witness. During CE1 encounters, people have complained about things like radiation burns. So I have no idea if that's from the fuel or from whatever's powering their spacecraft. Which we have no idea what it is. So they don't have one from outside of that area, right? So there's no like CE0. No. Like if you see one from far away. Nope. Because I would have one of those. I think I think most people who listen to our show would have. I'm quoted right now. CE zero. Yeah, and that's pretty much what a first encounter encounter of the first kind is. Just seeing it, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, encounter of the first kind. Right. But CE one, that's a close encounter of the first kind. More or less, be in the range of getting affected by the spacecraft. A CE two includes when a close encounter actually leaves a deeper physical mark on a person so more more like an internal injury so like a heart palpitation uh something that happens with your organs and it's kind of like what you said about chernobyl it's something that could happen and then years later you didn't realize your cells were so fucked up because of it exactly and that's what they have these like documented cases too which is insane uh and i bet there's many that have been swept under the rug that we don't know about if i could just have a, a, a <laughs> bottle of brothers bond and sit back and open the file in Area 51 and just, like, just read. I talk, would give talk. my left leg. Next up would be a CE4 encounter, and that's when a witness is actually abducted. And the final is CE5. And that's when a close encounter leads to a permanent physiological injury that typically results in death. Okay, so a CE4, you get abducted, but something could happen to you down the road, but you don't have any physical ailments when they bring you back to earth i will say but you are abducted so that's trauma right there Mm -hmm. and then a ce5 is when either the whatever happened to you when you were abducted in the long run kills you or if they kill you outright or if down the road you commit suicide which we'll talk about oh so it's death it's not just permanent injury or it's not like permanent like you lost your leg or something a permanent injury that typically leads to death bit of both little combination let me say right now that's horrifying the thing about aliens that scares the shit out of me is that you can't do anything that it's the the helplessness that kills me if i had right. a, an ak-47 and i was barricaded in a bunker and i was like yeah nothing get me they could just beam a f- stupid light or like walk <laughs> through the walls and take me you can't stop them We'll talk about why we think they are abducting people mm-hmm. right after this. I just want to talk about the three or four encounters that I found that were super credible um, to make any skeptics maybe not turn into a believer, but be less likely to not believe in aliens. So this first encounter, both of the ones that I'll talk about as far as military goes, are very recent. Happened in 2004. So on November 14th, 2004, the USS Princeton part of the USS Nimitz carrier strike group noted an unknown craft on radar 100 miles off the coast of San Diego. When two FA-18 fighter jets from the aircraft carrier arrived in the area, they saw what appeared to be churning water with a shadow of an oval shape underneath the surface. Then, in a few moments, a white tic-tac-shaped object appeared above the water. It had no visible markings to indicate an engine, wings, or windows, and infrared monitors didn't reveal any exhaust. Black Aces Commander David Fravor and Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate of Strike Fighter Squadron 41 attempted to intercept the craft, but it accelerated away 
it moved three times the speed of sound and more than twice the speed of the fighter jets. So it tells you, like, all you need to know is the fact that it did not show up on infrared. So it probably didn't have any fuel that was burning that caused it to give off any type of, like, ambient heat. So there was some type of, if you want to call it propulsion or some type of physics that we do not understand as human beings yet that's what allows it to move within the air and the water apparently because it was below the surface of the water which is so scary to me like it was just hiding and the fact that it was a tic-tac shape it wasn't even like a regular ufo saucer it was like a oval yeah little pod thing that dude it's creepy so there's many websites where you can go and report ufo sightings but if you actually look at the documented cases of ufos or uap phenomenon that's going on most of the encounters will be objects that are not ufo saucers they're either like triangles or as tyler just said they're like tic-tac oval shaped little pod things which makes it i don't know in my opinion makes it that much more believable because you could fit a couple aliens into like a little pod thing and the fact that we as the u.s have one of if not the most advanced technology regarding things like aircraft regarding military personnel the fact that we couldn't number one find them number two keep up with them but we go back to the time rift thing 60 miles away in two seconds maybe just ripped in time and it came out oh yeah maybe you're right maybe you don't need exhaust if you can manipulate the space-time continuum well how does it drop from eighty thousand feet to underwater oh buddy (laughs) (laughs) that's the uh, six dollar question i have a master's degree in body kinematics i have no fucking clue how it could do that so the next one, the East Coast Go Fast video, which I think most people have seen, 2015. Me personally, I have seen this one. I have too. I, I watched it. Insane. Blew my mind. So a news leaked in 2017 about uh, what we talked about, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. A video later emerged that revealed an encounter between an FA-18, which was the same jet engine as mm-hmm. the ones that we just discussed, and an unidentified aerial phenomena. Seen along the East Coast on a Raython advanced targeting forward-looking infrared, the craft was similar to that spotted off San Diego in 2004, which we just talked about. A fast-moving white oval, or tic-tac, about 45 feet long without wings or exhaust. The pilots tracked the object at 25,000 feet above the Atlantic Ocean as it flew away and simultaneously rotated on its axis. No explanation ever came out. So the thing was spinning as it was flying forward. At 25,000 feet. Okay. Can you imagine meeting the guy to see that? Be like, uh, hey, Captain, I'm picking up something here that has no wings. It is just moving through the air and have no explanation. Dude, the actual like verbiage that the guy who sees it, who's on infrared, it's on YouTube. So it's called Go Fast, the official USG footage of UAP for public release. So if you guys haven't just, watched it. Just type in Go Fast UAP yeah, you'll, you'll find it. Um, but, dude, it is f- insane. He's tracking it on infrared. He freaks out a little bit. And then, yeah, he's yep. like, uh, Captain, I don't know what I'm seeing here. And then all of a sudden, it just fucking, it's gone. It off, yeah. It's insane. That's where I think alien technology is terrifying to us because we have no idea what they're doing or why they're here. It's the why for me. I don't care what they're doing, but why, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And I just want to get to these last two and then we can uh, open the floor. But this one actually happened about 30 years before this 2004 one, but this was in Australia. So in October of 1978, amateur pilot Frederick Valtic disappeared while flying over the Bass Strait in Australia. 
despite assurances from air traffic control that there were no other aircraft in the area, the 20-year-old maintained that he was being followed by a huge aircraft that did not look like a conventional plane. It continued to track him for several minutes before Velecti reported that his engine was beginning to malfunction and then all contact was lost with him. What was he in? It didn't say. I'm, I'm assuming it was just like a, a, a biplane. He was just a, uh, he wasn't like in the military. So operators heard 17 seconds of metallic scraping and some screaming. No sign of the pilot or his plane was ever found. <laughs> we say it a lot in the show. I really mean it this time. Hey, thanks. I fucking hate it. I would scream and scream until I couldn't scream anymore. Until my lungs burst. If I was being followed by a giant alien aircraft that wasn't on radar. What do you think it's like when you you send that call to air traffic control? Like, hey, is there anybody else in the area? I got somebody following me. Yeah. It could be a terrorist. It could be somebody I don't know what they want from me. And then the call comes back. Yeah, we got nobody in the area. There's no other planes with you. That is like helplessness personified. You got to just try to shake them, man. We can't, I mean, we come back to it. Like it's you, there's nothing you can do. That's why they're so scary. If you put me against a werewolf, I could at least put my hands up. Try to. Right. Like I could, could climb try. a tree. I could, an alien, if they can pull me through a goddamn wall, like what am I going to do against something like that? Or they suck you up from, say you're, say that guy was flying at. 10,000 feet. Yeah. Just above the ground trying to like shoot some pictures or something. Yep. Then they pull you up to 80,000 feet in a matter of seconds. And his plane was never found. That is... They took them both. They definitely took them both. Or him and his plane to do like... Like... To figure out how far along we were on our human evolution. Yeah, to see how far we came with spacecraft. Like, oh, let's... These guys are still stuck in... Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at... Yeah. Mm, Cool. Motors. Haven't seen that in 45 billion years. (laughs) All right, the last encounter before we uh, open it up. If you guys have stayed with us this long, good for you. A woman commits suicide after a bizarre encounter. So Elizabeth Murray, in 2012, had a traumatic incident that she could not remember. So she called her husband, Scott Murray, one evening after she said that she lost track of time for a couple hours. He rushed home to find her dazed and in a like, crazy intense emotional state. He took her to the hospital where the doctors determined that she hadn't suffered any injuries, any serious problems. She hadn't been drugged or like sexually assaulted or anything like that, but she did have a large tri-shaped burn on her shoulder. Scott Murray also says that he also found these similar like burns and scars, if you will, on trees in his yard. Did he say if his wife had any, like, preconceived mental issues or anything like that? No idea about that. Okay. Couldn't, couldn't tell you that. But get this. Elizabeth eventually saw a hypnotist who specialized in regression. And that helped uh, Elizabeth actually remember a horrifying abduction by extraterrestrials. She recalled them experimenting on her and assaulting her sexually. And the trauma of the alleged event was so great that she ultimately shot herself. This was in 2012. That sounds very similar to if you've ever seen The Fourth Kind. The whole movie is about going under hypnosis. To yes, us. and regression where you, yeah, you put up these walls in your head to block out the terrible events. And then you take it down and you realize what actually happened to you. Yes. This is a real 
tangible thing that like this actually happened people 10 years ago so it might have slipped you but do you remember the burn shaped tri mark yes so what i think is that that was the hand on her whatever i think it was her shoulder so you think it was like three fingers yes but scott also says he found him in the yard so i was thinking maybe they were like they grabbed the tree to look around it and mm. that's what burned the tri lobe like uh burn into the trees i think they were stalking like hiding behind it and like creeping out and like looking and looking for, and waiting for oh my god the so time to hit it was like more like days in advance so you didn't even know they were actually there right oh that was that's way more predatory but that that's just my opinion <laughs> but if you have the technology won't you just zap them up like why are you creeping out in their backyard looking at them the thrill the thrill what yeah. is this porn hub where you're like watching somebody take off their fucking panties peeping tim oh my god <laughs> what bloomers panties it's 2012 right people wear g-strings jesus what if you have the technology to just zap them up why don't you just zap them up that's my question about it because maybe these were like very malevolent beings maybe they weren't the ones that zap people up maybe they were ones that hunt kind of like alien i, I mean, mean i'm sorry kind of like predator yeah maybe they got their like their joys of like stalking somebody like this is the thrill of the hunt then keep coming actually... back to someone just <laughs> cranking uh, down watching some chick in the window <laughs> when did i ever say cranking down <laughs> the thrill <laughs> Maybe for some reason they can get here, but they can't pull people up. Maybe they have to take them this way, but hey. they don't leave any evidence, which is weird. Other than burn marks on the victim. And uh, the yeah, trees. I mean like biological evidence. Like No, you paint a good picture. Maybe they were like, they can't actually just zap them up. Maybe they have to like land and then hunt them down. Yeah, we always, always, always go to when we think of aliens, we think of a beam of light. Boom. We're up through the ceiling, through their crafts. Their technology is so advanced we can't even comprehend it. Maybe it is advanced so they can get here, but maybe it's not as advanced as we think. Right. Which is scary. If anybody's ever seen the fourth kind, it's the little white owl that sits on your windowsill. No, it's not an owl. That's the face of the alien. Yeah, but you think it's an owl. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw yeah. an owl at 3.33 But you're. I think the whole point of that is that's what your brain turns it into, so you can't. so your brain doesn't turn into mush from... It's, Fear. So you're putting up those walls. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. putting up the fucking China, the wall of Great China. <laughs> or wait, what? The Great Wall? <laughs> the, wall of, the Wall of Little China. The Great Wall of China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Called. Noise, noise. Um, the fact that that movie still sticks with me, though, after 10 years of seeing it, shows you how scary it actually is. Yeah, there are uh, three very scary alien movies, if you guys haven't seen them. The first was 1994, I think, the Poughkeepsie tapes. It was a POV shot movie right after uh Blair Witch came out and I it's I'm sure it's fake but it's filmed like there's a family at a they're having a barbecue and into the night these alien entities start to harass them and try to get them um the other Ryan already mentioned the fourth kind but Signs Signs is probably my favorite actually the fourth kind is probably my favorite alien movie Signs is a very close second Signs is Still to this day, horrifying. Oh my god! Watching that in theaters the night of, I would, I wouldn't sleep for a fucking month. And it was like 2006, right? Oof. It was yeah, early. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was somewhere in the early 2000s. Shame on us for not mentioning it the other night. But we talked about the bridge between like 1997 and 2010. <laughs> Classic flick. And uh, the last was Dark Skies. Dark Skies was fucking horrifying, by the way. Yeah, Dark Skies. It it took a while to get into, but um, it's based off of true events. The Gray Men. And that's kind of what I, I kind of uh, associate with this last story I was talking about, where they, they actually come down. They don't just stay in their ship and pull you up. They come down, and they get into your house, and they, like, 
walk through the hallway and into your room and they take you physically. The scariest thing I think to me is that they also have, they must have healing powers in addition to awful powers. So you have no trace of injuries on you. Right, but but your brain remembers it. And then maybe they slip up sometimes where this lady in uh, 2012, yeah. 12, oh, yeah, they leave a burn or yeah, something. Yeah, had like a burn mark on you where they or forgot they, to do it. They did that when they put her back in bed. Mm-hmm. That wasn't when they took her. But if they cut you open or if they do something sexually to you, there, sh- there will be evidence of that to your physical body when you get back. But, but they must have something where they take all that away. But your brain and your, your psyche remember, and that's what kills people. That's what like breaks them down. That is horrifying. And no one's going to believe you because there's no physical right, yeah. tr- uh, traces. So that was all the heavy, hard-hitting alien evidence we have. I know it's aliens. I know I missed a ton of stuff. It is the hardest topic probably ever to cover on a podcast. I think this is even harder than things like ghosts and demons. But um, I just want to open the floor and ask Ryan if he's ever had an alien encounter. And uh, if so, what happened? And then what you think aliens are or who aliens potentially are and if they do have a negative sort of track for the human race or i'm going to start off that question by addressing the if i think that aliens are here for a specific reason um and we can save our personal encounters for after this because i think that'll be a cool way to end this episode um but i think aliens are here more or less to it's going to sound so cliche, but I think this is the only reason people think aliens are here is the fact that they're trying to understand where we are on the evolutionary time frame. I think you are 100% correct with that. I think the only reason that they would even be interacting with us is because they are curious for some reason. Okay, so we both don't agree it's like a war of the world type thing where they're trying to come here to dominate us. Not yet. But they could. So the only reason they would do that is two things. They need something that we have that they don't have. Water, I'm guessing. Sure, water. Mm-hmm. Certain like minerals in the soil. Yep. Or they need more labor. Correct. So or they, they need us. They might need to know how we tick, like what type of weapon works against us. So that's why. Oh, these so these are like scouting missions. I'm just, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit Genius, yeah. yeah. They have to know what weapons, chemical, biological, could work against us. I mean, technically, we would be aliens if we went to a different planet and there were people there. Yeah, so that brings me to the point that they're probably more advanced because, because they're coming here. They have the technology to visit us and do things on radar uh, and, and things like to us that we can't even fathom. But I do like the idea, and there are a couple movies that paint a great picture of us being the aliens that go to the planet and we end up being the dickheads that actually enslave or kill or whatever the alien race so number one would be avatar um movie that you and i both hate it's going back in theaters this november why i don't understand it. james fucking cameron (laughs) i don't get it uh the other is district nine which i thought was probably the most underrated movie of like 2010 i think it came out it's a really good movie man it's so it's, it's super sad but it's super good it's action-packed. It's just about aliens that come here for refuge, and we exploit the f*** out of them. Talk about a movie that literally engages you throughout the entire film. I don't talk to anyone oh, when no. I'm watching that movie. Don't talk to me. I'm watching. It's like uh, Inception. I'm like, I need, oh, two, yeah. I need two and a half hours to myself. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I'm watching this. Or, ironically, another Leo movie, um, 
the one where he goes to the the uh, asylum on the island that I can't think of. There's people in the car right now listening. And they're like, oh, my God, it's this. Um, yeah, it's with Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Yes. I don't talk to a soul when I watch that. But I agree. I think that they most likely are an alien, an alien race, a quote alien race that came from somewhere outside the solar system who can manipulate space and time, whatever it is. And they are observing right now. And we both agree they're more advanced than us. Far more advanced. Okay. Otherwise, we could capture them on our scopes. Uh, we could explain why people, why this lady killed herself. We could explain what happened to this airman from Australia who just disappeared into thin air. I hate, I still hate that so much. Um, regarding encounters for me and Tyler that we've had in our lives, which I feel like it's probably what? Maybe like one, one every 10 people you'll meet have an alien encounter? I would argue more than that. You think so? I'd say out of 10 people, five have had an something so you think like UFO-esque. Like on, you can explain it. Me personally, we'll get into it here. I think I've only had an encounter of the first kind or a close encounter of the first kind, if that's what you want to say. Um, but I've seen a UFO or a UAP from far away. So there's been two times in my life where one of them, me and Tyler, were riding side by side in a car, two towns south of our hometown, going to Target or the gym or something. And it was a bright, sunny day. And I looked up in the sky. There was like the sun was setting. So it was like in front of me. And I could see the reflection of a plane that I thought it was a plane. And I was like, okay, cool, plane there. And it shot up from like the middle of my vision, all the way up to the upper atmosphere within a blink of an eye. And I looked at Tyler and I was like, dude, you just see that? And you're like, what? And I was like, something just <laughs> shot up through the atmosphere up into like space. And you're like, dude, relax. That did not happen. But I remember that very, very vividly to this day for some ungodly reason. It has uh, people that we've talked about two different cases where they shoot up or down right within like a second. So it definitely has some credibility. So, I just didn't see it. So that was the first one. The second one was when stupidly cliche, but I was working on a farm in Brooklyn, Connecticut, where one day I was literally middle of the afternoon. Most of the time you think that alien encounters happen at nighttime, but middle of the afternoon, I was filling up a gas tank on a tractor and I looked up into the sky and it was one of the days where the moon was out. And I looked over, and there was this bright, shiny little disc in the sky. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Was it just floating, just sitting? So or was, was it moving? No, it was just sitting there. And I was like, that's weird, because it looks like it's scouting areas in Connecticut. And then I kept my eye on it, and I was like, okay. I turned away for like maybe five minutes to fuel up the tractor, got it running, looked back up, and it was gone. Then an hour later, a truck comes to drop off mulch, and I'm talking like a 18-wheeler, big-ass truck that runs on hydraulics. Puts up its bed of the truck to drop off the mulch. All the hydraulic fluid fails. And it was stuck there overnight because they couldn't get it to move. We didn't like Nope for a lot of reasons, but I like the idea in Nope where that thing was sitting there hidden behind the clouds. Yes, so you could never see it. Right, maybe that's what happened with you where it just put its... It's kind of like in uh, the Avengers where that ship that Nick Fury drives puts the uh, reflectors so you can't see it. Um, 
maybe it was still there, but that's what affected the hydraulic fluid in the the uh, 18-wheeler. Right, because I saw it for a minute. I was like, oh my God, it's right there. And then maybe I looked they, again. Maybe they saw that you saw, and mm-hmm. they put their blinders on or whatever it was. Like all the classic tellings, I'm over a farm. I saw an alien spacecraft. Machine stopped working. Exactly. People say that happens a lot too. Like electrical stuff go out of whack, which makes sense, I guess. I think the the only I've had two encounters CE ones, and they both involve driving a car, and they both actually are very similar. The first I'm going to shout out uh, my boy Tristan Welch because we were together when this happened. My man. Uh, we were headed to our buddies up in Norwood, and we were driving on like Route Six in Rhode Island. Norwood, Massachusetts for Massachusetts, yep. yep. Uh, and we were just like listening to music, singing really loud. And we were on Route 6, pretty dark route. There weren't a lot of houses or lights or anything. We saw some kind of a light out of nowhere between the the silhouette of the trees when we were driving into uh, appear. Wait, in the windshield, you mean? like in the Yeah, we were looking oh, through the windshield. Gotcha. Right? We were dri- or he was driving. I was in the passenger seat. Yep. We just saw this light appear do some weird zigzags and then shoot and disappear within the frame of the windshield. So it didn't go up or down. It just disappeared. The light just went away. That's ter- so that talks about like the jet propulsion, if you will, that we talked about where you can go from 15,000 feet to 90,000 feet in a second. Yes. Or the riff in time where yes. you can't see it, but it just went into it because it had the algorithm for it. So you guys first encounter right here yeah we uh, he was driving and i was in the passenger seat and we both just turned to each other and we're like did you just fucking see that and he's like oh my god it was awesome jesus but the other one was was actually before that uh it was in 2000 and i think 12 or 13 ryan and i went to school up in uh orono maine which is pretty far north in maine and um was i with you no it was i was i was oh. driving back up to school say, uh, sunday this. night I was in my Stratus. It was the best car on the planet. Maine does a thing where every mile you add it up and that's the exit. Those are country miles too. Those aren't oh. regular miles. But I was 151 miles up. I was at the Palmyra exit. That's how vivid I remember this. They yeah. also do say that if you're going to have an encounter with an alien, whether it be first kind or actually abducted, it's at northern latitudes because it's easier for the aliens to enter the atmosphere in those areas so continue sorry brother that makes it even more credible i was driving i was in the slow lane just listening to like my one of my five cds because this was 2010 before probably monsters in the closet mayday parade yeah maybe it was or maybe it was a mix i burned on the old uh family yeah the old family cpu but i was (laughs) driving and um i don't know where within the windshield i saw a blue very vivid very bright and dense ball and it just appeared out of nowhere. It was. It must have been 20, 20 or 30 feet in front of me. And it did a weird zigzag left, right, left, right, and then mm-hmm. shot up. And that was it. So it couldn't have been like a meteor or anything? or It was 20 or 30 feet in front of me. There's no way it was a meteor. Wait, it was that close? It was, it was almost within, like if I sped up my car and it was like just sitting, I could have hit it. Come on, what? I swear to, I, I swear on, my mom's alive, but I swear on my mom's grave. <laughs> Did you freak out? Because I know those roads, there's nobody with you on 95 heading north. It's no just one. your car. Past uh, the gray uh, plaza in Augusta. Oh, there's nobody. North of Augusta, Maine. 80 miles of woods. Yeah. You, can you do, can't see a light. You could do 190 miles an hour. You're and you're fine. And you're, still, and you're still going too slow. 
it was this it was insane. It was the craziest thing that happened. And then the fact that it happened again when I was with Tristan in the car, like the same thing happened, a little zigzag. Yeah, but it was farther away. Right? And that was more of a light. No, okay. this wasn't, and by the way, the one with, with Tristan was not up in the sky. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't as close as the as what it was with me. Was it, it was it below the tree line? It was line. in the tree line. That's so so both of these <laughs> both That's of why these it was sound weird. like it was trying to um observe you. Like look cuz it was like, oh, this person's close. I'm trying to look at them and then I'm heading back out of here to yeah. the mothership if you will to give my intel. I was afraid of the the blue one cuz that was more like I thought of like a light. Like maybe it would have taken me if for some reason you were, wanted maybe to. you were outside of the great stratus. If you weren't doing 100 miles an hour, <laughs> if you were like sitting on the side of the road, it could have actually grabbed you. But since you were in like a moving vehicle, yeah. it might have been harder to yep. pull you up. Yeah, because then it would just be a, a vehicle traveling. Just right into the trees. Yeah. Boom. And maybe they didn't want uh, that kind of evidence. Ooh. I don't know. I The Dodge Stratus, I'm sure, it saved me in a lot more <laughs> ways than just that. It's weird that both of your encounters were similar they were that's why that's why i wanted to do this topic since we started it this was like i said earlier one of the big five yeah and this was one of the ones that i don't know not everyone is going to even think about a ghost being real but you could persuade anyone within 20 minutes if you had some information that aliens potentially could exist even someone who doesn't believe in them because i think most people i would say seven or eight out of ten have had some weird experience that they could not uh like explain as far as UFOs and aliens go. Honestly, I think it's because people know the universe is so fucking big. Or we could even flip that coin and we could say, which a lot of people I think uh, believe in, that aliens have already been here and have talked to many of our leaders and that we have a weird written pact or agreement or whatever it is. Probably very, very valid. Yeah, we haven't even touched on that. Like Area 51, I'm pretty sure there's aliens there. Of course. Or the pyramids of Giza. Yeah, we did not build those. The guys with logs did not push those 10-ton blocks. Unless there were like a million Jay Cutlers and, <laughs> and uh, Chris Bumsteads and Tyler Browns, obviously. There's no chance. My ham hocks. There's no chance. Yeah, there's no way that they could just lift two-ton blocks or no. push them up or pull them up, whatever it is. Yeah, it tells me aliens are probably here long before us. They will be here long after us. But the, I guess the question remains is like, do you think our leaders have know way more about it than what the public has as far as knowledge goes? Or do you think everyone's kind of in the dark and we're all trying to learn together? No, I think that there's probably there's probably valid documentation. I'm not talking like written documents, videos and pictures of very very clear UFOs that the US government does not give to the public because they know it will cause straight up panic or mass hysteria like hey guys there was an alien here last tuesday they came down to the local taco bell and they were just chilling <laughs> taco bell i don't know they were like hanging out in the parking lot <laughs> to fly billions of miles to get me a crunch wrap supreme <laughs> but i think that would cause straight up panic because then i feel like i don't know you're every every the way day, of life would be gone yeah like every single day what you're doing i'm not gonna say it doesn't matter but there's fucking other things out there yeah just like punching in a time <laughs> clock and getting yelled at by your boss it's like bitch optimus prime is out there yeah. right now and i'm punching in for you i think the last thing i just want to end on and this absolutely blew my goddamn mind i was going to tell you earlier on but um there's a movie 2009 battle los angeles 
thought it was completely fake. I was like, why would they make a movie called Battle L.A.? Solid flick, by the way. We yeah. saw that in theaters. Aaron Eckhart, yeah. great flick. Uh, in 1942, in Los Angeles, California, a number of unidentified aerial objects triggered the firing of thousands of anti-aircraft rounds into the Pacific Ocean, and it raised the wartime alert. That's what happens in Battle L.A. That's they what, shoot their cannons from the beach. And I have no idea why I how this popped up or oh I know what it was. I was going through alien movies in my head and I was like what ones were like what one could I actually look up for a cool story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This happened 1942 February 24th. This says that there were unidentified aerial objects and it it prompted the firing of thousands of anti-aircraft missiles. <laughs> That's Which is horrifying. In- insane <laughs> that's crazy so if you need more proof than that guys i don't have it for you just look up go on uh, on wikipedia and just look up alien encounters or a list of reported ufo sightings there's there's pages i would like to know anybody who disputes aliens at this point give me your give me your logic um give me a reason why aliens don't exist and if we're the only fucking people in the universe but other than that, guys, this is our episode on aliens. This is one of the big five, if you will. And if you guys could do us a solid and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, we would be eternally grateful to you. You guys can also rate us now on Spotify. We only have five-star ratings and reviews on Spotify, so please. Do give- we still only have five-star ratings and reviews? <laughs> we only do. Oh, man. Was it Angie's List? We would be on the top of Ooh. Angie's List little maid outfit i can clean the old uh no no <laughs> i was gonna say the old pipes but that's that's wrong no not at all go ahead you can go finish out but yeah give us a five-star rating on spotify that would be awesome guys helps us rise through the ranks a little bit and helps people find us very easily we will have episodes coming out every single week heading to october 31st this year we will also be having a line of merchandise coming out you guys can get that at the Seekers of the Supernatural Paracon, as well as our online store, which will be up and revamped very, very soon. And as always, we're the Brown Bros, and we're coming to you from the grave. <laughs>